complicated. We are finally doing a serious episode after a while. Uh, you know, it's just so much fun to talk about nonsense. But um, we wanted to kind of start back um, onto our serious topics with a pretty intense one. Um, and so this is kind of your warning. Uh, this episode may be fairly sensitive for some people. Um, I would still encourage you to listen to it. Um, you'll notice that perhaps the episode <laughs> has the little explicit icon next to it. Um, that is honestly for your safety and just, you know, to let you know that what we're talking about, you know, may be triggering or it may be upsetting to some of you, but I would strongly encourage that you listen to it anyway. Our topic today is on the dangers of pornography. Um, and just the amount of research that I personally put into this, it's infuriating um, just to see everything that happens and like, you know, why would society allow it to continue? So that's actually one of the things I want to talk about is why does it happen to begin with, right? And so I actually have like tons of papers. Um, if you guys want to check it out, you can. Um, and I've mostly read through all of these. I got like 40 pages worth. Um, but um, there's all sorts of different websites where you can find this information. The information that I gathered for us today is from a website called Your Brain on Porn, right? Um, and so they have collected a ton of research um, onto the topic of you know porn use. How does it affect people? Um, how does it affect society? How does it affect relationships? Um, and, and so I think the first thing I want to say is that um, porn does is not just harmful to you. It affects everyone around you relationally. Um, one of the studies I um, had been reading about um, talked about how like even in married relationships, you know, some therapists actually recommend, <laughs> this is so ridiculous, recommend that couples actually view porn together in order to spice things up in the bedroom, right? Um, but so many studies have shown that it's actually detrimental, right? Because with um, increased viewing of pornography, um, it, it people constantly seek out more and more intense things, and it's frequently violent. In fact, somewhere, I forget on which of these papers it is, but it's like, I want to say 88% of a sampling of 304 videos pornographic videos um, included violence in them mm -hmm. um, because that's what people who um, are frequently use porn um, that's what they are eventually driven to and that's almost across all boards um, yeah and th this isn't exclusive to men um, there's you know plenty of uh, women who also struggle with viewing pornography um, and all such, but I think one of the things that stuck out to me, um, and feel free to jump in whenever with you guys, I could go on all day because it makes me so <laughs> mad, um, but um, I am going to try and address this in an unbiased way. Um, I'm actually wearing a shirt right now that I got a few weeks back called Porn Kills Love, at least that's what the shirt says, it's from Fight the New Drug, um, a website that's also dedicated to um, basically informing people on the dangers of porn. Right. Um, is that I the same one that's spearheaded by um, 
what's his name? Um, Cruz. Um, yeah, Terry Cruz. Terry Cruz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. not necessarily spearheaded, but he is one of the big celebrities the who business. supports it, right? Yeah. Um, I think Ashton Kutcher is also oh yeah in it, involved in that, and he yeah. is um, also his company is leading the charge against sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That even the government has asked them for help. Yeah. Wow. Right. Yeah. Because, in my opinion, the government doesn't put enough resources into stopping that. But yeah. you know. Whatever, that's another <laughs> another, <laughs> another episode. Yeah. Um, shoot, where are we going? Uh, yeah, bad. Um, it, it's <laughs> bad. I think that's what makes this episode so hard. Is just like it's bad. Yeah. In fact, if you stop mm-hmm. listening now, you have everything you need to know. Yeah. It's bad. Porn right? is bad. Um, but we want to talk about like you know what are the dangers? Um, and so going th- through again, trying to go at this from a non-biased perspective. Um, is difficult. And so that's what I like what, about Fighting the New Drug is that they just present the information. Mm-hmm. They're, a huge part of their movement is not shaming people who struggle with it or mm-hmm. who are even um, actively involved in pornography, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's to show the dangers that it has um, to society. And so I really appreciate that, that they're not interested in shaming people and that mm-hmm. it's not from a moral argument on their end, it's purely scientific. Right? Yeah. In their Instagram, I just pulled it up just to kind of get an mm-hmm. idea and share with people, like, where can you find it? It's called Fight the New Drug. That's their Instagram handle. Mm-hmm. Um, but what Jackson was talking about is they they don't necessarily view it just from moral, like, hey, don't do it, it's bad, uh, or shame perspective. But it is factual down to the smallest point. So just like their most recent post. Just as viewing porn creates synaptic, I use an M, that's an N. Synaptic. All right, let's try again. Just as viewing porn creates synaptic connections in our brains, staying away from it will weaken them until they fade away. It can be tough, but you can break the habit over time. Uh, Remember, your brain is customizable. You choose how what you focus on affects you. Mm -hmm. Yes, And, and so the short version of a lot of the studies is... Why do we watch it to begin with? That's the question I want to answer. And um, a little bit of psychology and understanding of the brain here, like how does my brain work, is one of the happy chemicals is dopamine, right? Mm -hmm. Dopamine essentially is the reward happy chemical, right? Mm -hmm. I did something good, I get this, right? Mm -hmm. Um, If you eat like your favorite food, for example, like a nice steak, if you like steak, if you don't like steak, then you definitely won't be producing dopamine. (laughs) But if you, you know, if it's like ice cream, you know, your favorite whatever, your brain will produce dopamine. And viewing pornography because sexual pleasure is something that, generally speaking, the entire population of the world enjoys, right? It's Um, it's the most pleasurable thing a human being can experience. Yes. Yes. And that's a... Not a, just anecdotal. That is a that is factual. factual. Like the, one of the highest release points of dopamine, yeah, yeah. is sex. Yeah. Yes, and the thing about pornography is that it gives you the same dopamine release, mm-hmm. and it's easier, right? And so being overexposed to it, you know, frequently using porn just whenever you want, um, it decreases the gray matter in your brain and the gray matter why does that matter you know gray matter doesn't sound great because gray <laughs> the color gray is not favorably looked upon but in this case it's super important because that's your decision making right so you know in a flight or fight or fight or flight situation mm-hmm. um 
that is super important, right? Yeah. In order to make decisions or even rational decision making. Day you know, to day, yeah. When we're younger, uh, we don't have a lot of that understanding. Like when I was a kid, I touched a hot stove after mom said, don't touch it, right? Now I understand why we don't because it burned my fingers, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, that's part of the development of gray matter. So I understand, oh, this is bad, right? Yeah, so, so that's why gray matter is important, but the frequent use of porn leads to a decrease of gray matter. Mm -hmm. Now, the good news is it is reversible. Um, it, it, you are able to overcome it um, because of this fancy, awesome thing that everyone's brain has, neuroplasticity. Neuroplasticity basically means that your brain can change. There was a book that I attempted to read <laughs> um, called The Brain Can Change Itself, right? Um, I forget the author's name, but I'll try and add that link in the bio if any of you want to read it. Um, incredible book, you know. And one of the examples that the guy gave was that um, basically his father had a stroke um, and was paralyzed from the waist down, right? And strokes can be horribly damaging to your brain, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and so they put him through, um, oh, what's that called? Um, physical therapy? Physical therapy, yeah, um, to see if they could get him to walk again, because sometimes it is reversible, right? And after a few weeks, they were seeing absolutely no progress. Um, they were also throwing him right into walking, hmm. right? Yeah. And so the son, who had like some understanding of the brain and how it worked, um, said, no, I'm going to continue to work for my dad. Right. Or work with my dad mm -hmm. to help this. And so they started off with his dad crawling, right? Like literally crawling on the ground like an infant, like how all babies learn, right? Mm -hmm. And then walking and then eventually running, jogging, like. And his dad died a few years later, but he died of a heart attack while hiking. Wow. Like one of the highest mountains in the world, oh, right? Yeah. And so um, they did, they gave permission like they had asked like can we do an autopsy to check your dad's brain since he was able to walk again after having a stroke and he said sure you know um in the part of the brain where you learn walking um generally was absolutely destroyed <laughs> from the stroke and yet he was clearly walking before he died right and mm -hmm. running and hiking and all these yeah. things and so the brain is set up to learn a certain <clears throat> way mm -hmm. right but if it can't, it can adapt. It mm -hmm. can change, right? So in so, essence, your brain's learning a new way to learn. Yeah, you're, and your brain can change itself, right? Yeah. Obviously, we develop habit, habits, and that's what makes it difficult. Yes, and the thanks, Cody, for finding that. Um, it's the brain that changes itself by Norman Doigi. I, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I really hope I didn't just insult some guy. But, um, yeah, so check out that book if you really want to know more about neuroplasticity. Again, I only read a little bit because I was really busy. I'll probably pick it up again sometime soon. But all that to say is that if you struggle with pornography, you can get through it. You can recover. No addiction, to my understanding, is completely irreversible. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Did I phrase that correctly? Yes, no addiction is irreversible, right? You can overcome it, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. um, and pornography is no exception. And so that's where studies get a little interesting um, because there are some scientists who say that, like, when it comes to pornography, um, it is 
it has similar functions to other addictions, but in other ways it's completely different, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so that's where you know we have to be a little bit fair. Um, and so you know some articles were talking about the benefits of pornography, and that's where it gets a little slippery. Um, honestly, that is where you really need to go in with more a sense of morality mm -hmm. than anything, right? Yeah. And so you know that's where it's a little <clears throat> different um, concerning fight the new drug is that they're going at it from an objective standpoint, right? You know, um, and I will say, based on the research, it's still mostly negative. Oh, yeah. Right? Objectively or subjectively, yeah. porn is bad. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then for some of the people, some of the positives that they were talking about, um, when you hear what the positives are, it's one of those, like, this is ridiculous, mm -hmm. right? Um and, you know, I read journal article after journal article. And, you know, there's a search engine that I learned about in college where you can find scientific journals, right? Mm -hmm. And so I just searched a ton of different articles on how porn affects the brain. And all of the ones that talked about the benefits as well as the downsides, the only benefit they listed was that it helps spice things up in the bathroom. Ba <laughs> the bathroom. Sorry. <laughs> it helps spice things up in the bedroom. Right. Or it helps make people less nervous when they engage in sex. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's one of those, it's not really a benefit when you think about it. Especially yeah, right. if it's destroying every other part of your life. Exactly. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. sure, maybe it'll spice things up in the moment. But one, you did not need pornography to spice things up, first of all. Yeah. Second, if you're regularly needing to spice things up, what is your marriage really about? You really need to step back and ask, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, mm -hmm. um, not to sound. And again, I don't mean any judgment in that regards. You know, what I think a couple does in the bath bedroom is ex <laughs> I keep almost saying bathroom yeah. is hysterical um, whatever couples do behind closed doors I believe is up to them I do not believe they need outside influence on that I no. genuinely do not yeah. um, that it's just ridiculous so and mm -hmm. and that's everything that I was seeing in all these articles as that was the only benefit mm -hmm. one of the other things was that you may have heard that frequent uh, masturbation for men is good for your prostate um, or helps prevent prostate cancer mm -hmm. and so several articles that I had read concerning that say that the evidence is actually inconclusive mm -hmm. um, so on the one hand I was really kind of annoyed that they were talking about all these benefits but on the other hand it was nice to see <laughs> that they were also admitting it's inconclusive as well yeah. right yeah. and that's also part of the struggle with all these um, with all of these facts is that you know, they frequently say, like, well, it's inconclusive. You know, this study only includes men who struggle with pornography, not the men who don't. Uh -huh. But here's the thing is you're assuming honesty from people who say, oh, I don't struggle with porn. Yeah. Right. And this is something that people frequently lie about because of, you know, frequently the shame that people typically feel because of that. Uh -huh. Right. And so one of the things you do have to kind of answer is is that shame just naturally intrinsic like do we just naturally feel that shame or was it put on us from culture and society yeah. does that make sense and i <clears throat> for me personally i would say i think that's just an intrinsic thing because especially with western culture mm -hmm. 
pornography is not at all shamed. Mm. It like within Christian culture it is, mm-hmm. but as mainstream media, main, like the mainstream everything, mm-hmm. pornography is not shamed. If anything, it's promoted. Right. Um, mm-hmm. If you think like as often as in movies and stuff it happens that, that it's like it's usually a little side thing right. but it's like oh you know this and it's like okay let me see mm-hmm. quick i need to use this computer and it's like oh wow there's a lot of porn on here right. and it's like it's mm-hmm. it's still minor things they're not like yeah. showing it mm-hmm. necessarily but it's always the amount of times it's mentioned mm-hmm. is it's very mainstream mm-hmm. so it i think that's very much an intrinsic mm-hmm. like even people who do it who do watch porn a lot there's still that internal part that knows it's wrong Mm -hmm. or there's something messed up about it Mm -hmm. even if you don't necessarily personally are like oh yeah porn is bad I think there's still that internal part Mm -hmm. that is that feels gross right Um, Mm -hmm. which it also porn has also very much affects Especially in a re- any relationships, but very much affects your communication with anybody, yeah. like mm-hmm. friendships, and which is why it's especially detrimental in marriages, is because if you're watching porn, a lot of porn, your communication plummets, mm-hmm. and you're not being intimate with each that's other. Exactly. So that's just divide creating a yeah. wall. And not to focus too much on men here, because it is a struggle for both um, sexes. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's dominantly men, right? Yeah. Um, but also how the male body reacts to sex, right? When a man and woman have sex, um, part of that process is, you know, when you're done, when the male climaxes, um, part of it is like laying next to your wife, right? Or whoever you have. That's part of the bond that just happens right Mm -hmm. that's how the male brain is wired right Mm -hmm. after that is to bond with the woman right and so if you're watching pornography and you masturbate and you're alone there's that bond isn't there Mm -hmm. you're by yourself right and so you're damaging yourself you are creating a false bond with nothing Mm -hmm. right um i think that porn is an example which so i'm going to step back a little bit look at a little bit more of like western culture society Mm -hmm. collectively Mm -hmm. um and porn is definitely an issue within what i would call this culture of like a microwave culture Mm -hmm. is that we've become so fast-paced in everything that we do Mm -hmm. from microwave meals fast food um everything even has to be tiktok honestly yeah. short videos that you constantly Ten scroll time, through. Swipe, swipe, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we've become a society focused on dopamine. And mm-hmm. this is, I don't think I read this. I think I made this up. Like this is my own thought. But if I'm <laughs> citing you without mentioning you or using your thoughts without citing you, yeah, you can talk to me later. Um, but so the microwave culture we live in and porn is the perfect example of this. So if you want to cook a whole meal, you need to find, you know, you go grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. You need to do the prep. Then you have to, I'm thinking, let's do a roast. You got to slow cook it for eight hours. Mm-hmm. And then you finally, after many hours of prep, you spend half an hour eating it maybe. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and comparatively microwave, I mean, okay, I'm going to have some macaroni. Toss it in, a little bit of water, five minutes later, you're eating macaroni. Right. Um, and this is my comparison to porn compared to actual intimacy with a human mm-hmm. is that porn is, okay, five-minute microwave's done. Whereas intimacy is difficult because it requires communication with another human being and you have to be personally willing to be open and vulnerable with somebody. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. You don't just, and again, this is a whole other issue within our society would be uh, it's like a hookup culture. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and in my mind, um, I'm thinking that sex is between a monogamous couple uh, who is married. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that, there's a lot of things that go into maintaining mm-hmm. a relationship with someone you're married to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's way more um, than just sex. So if you're engaged to somebody, uh, surprise, surprise, um, marriage is more than sex. Uh, it takes a lot of communication. Uh, you actually do have to do the whole grocery shopping thing, <laughs> and that takes up a lot of time. Um, mm-hmm. But there's a lot more that goes into a relationship more than a penis and a vagina. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, actually, kind of going on with that with the whole hookup culture thing. They did a study. Um, this this article is called Evolution Has Not Prepared Your Brain for Today's Porn. So, regardless of your stance on evolution, um, this is how brains work currently. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, whether you think it made itself that way or if it was already that way, your brain is not ready for this. Right. And I don't believe it ever will be. Right. Nope. Um, but basically, they had like a mouse, a rat. Mm-hmm. Hold on, let me just read this. It says, what happens uh, when you drop a male rat into a cage with a receptive female rat? First, you see a frenzy of copulation. Then progressively, the male uh, tires of that particular female. Even if she wants more, he has had enough. However, replace the original female with a fresh one, and the male immediately revives and gallantly struggles to fertilize her. You can repeat this process with fresh females until he is completely wiped out. This is called the Coolidge effect, the automatic response to novel mates. Interestingly, men ejaculate more modal sperm and they do it more quickly when they view a novel porn star. This automatic response to erotic novelty is what started you down the road to getting hooked on internet porn. Like the lab rat, you have a primitive mechanism in your brain urging you to fertilize the two-dimensional females, males, or whatever on your screen. Um, Primitive circuits in your brain govern emotions, drives, impulses, and some subconscious decision-making. They do their job so efficiently that evolution hasn't seen the need to change them much since before humans were humans. Yeah, and there's... This is maybe a little bit of a side thing. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, with one, with hookup culture Mm -hmm. and porn are essentially the same thing because Mm -hmm. you never have to actually form a bond. Right. It's purely Mm -hmm. physical. Yeah. And it's purely physical for yourself. Mm -hmm. Whereas in a marriage and a relationship when with sex specifically Mm -hmm. it's and every every aspect of marriage Mm -hmm. is focusing on the other person Mm -hmm. and the other person focusing on you yeah and if you're doing that and aren't being selfish because if you focus on yourself Mm -hmm. and the other person's focusing on you then they're getting left out right um so with porn it's focusing on you your pleasure. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. with hookup culture, it's the same thing. It's the quick, mm-hmm. this is what I want, and mm-hmm. then you're yeah. done. There's no emotion. 
emotional connection there and then mm -hmm. there's no commitment mm -hmm. so it's the it continues to drive the self-centeredness yeah. of our of western culture specifically yeah. i would say but then you're also when you orgasm mm -hmm. there's a uh, a like a correlation a direct mm -hmm. correlation yeah. with what you are currently looking at when dopamine and stuff is pumped into your brain creates a direct link with that yes, with that object so that. if you're looking if you're in a marriage and you're looking at your partner when you orgasm automatically mm -hmm. your brain is making that bond that connection this is the thing that i love mm -hmm. so if you're doing that with with porn a picture then, then brain, you are loving yeah your brain your the entire process of sex or porn either way everything atomically and mentally is identical mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's just is this happening repetitively with the same person or different things I swipe through. multiple yeah. different things yeah. and is it quick or do I actually have to work and put in work for it mm -hmm. um, I think <clears throat> one of the things that um, this is one of the comments that I read in one of the articles was that the idea of viewing porn is a place that younger audiences tend to go um, to learn about sex Mm -hmm. uh, typically because that conversation is not being had elsewhere yeah. in an open, honest, and vulnerable um, way. Um, and so right now, if you're listening to this, uh, I want you to maybe just guess, okay, on average, what is the age um, that a kid, um, I already kind of gave it away there, um, age and um, associated like, range in school so what grade are they in um would a kid be exposed to porn um so it's younger than 18 younger than 15 um actually younger than 12 um mm -hmm. so the average age of exposure to porn was 11 years old uh which and that's is, an average yeah yeah um uh, as the math guy resident mm -hmm. math guy here yeah uh that means there is for every um person being exposed to porn one year older than 11 you have someone under the age of 11 by that many years also being exposed um so you could say that uh just based on how stats work i'm trying not to get too nerdy here but you can probably assume that um 68 of all viewers of porn for the first time exposed to it are within probably 10 to 12 years old and mm -hmm. then uh, continuing out in a further digression, we have a majority of probably about 98% of all porn viewers. And this is just wild estimates here. Mm -hmm. This is not super factual. Um, you have probably about 98% of all porn viewers between the ages of um, 7 and 15. Um, so, and another interesting thing too is 20% of those reported about porn exposure um, were 10 or younger. Uh, so something that I personally believe, um, and especially in the church, uh, this is a conversation that I think is uh, essential and neglected, especially for our generation. I might have different 
opinion than you all, but at least um, you all are shaking your head saying that you kind of agree with me, mm-hmm. um, that the church needs to do better about having this conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe even sooner than we think. Uh, mm-hmm. I think a lot of times, uh, whether church or just in society, we think, oh, well, we need to have the sex conversation or the porn conversation uh, later once they're more mature. But in reality, if they're seeing porn for the first time at 11, on average, that's yeah. fifth and sixth grade. Like, we need to have this conversation earlier. Oh, yeah. Uh, before um, <clears throat> they uh, venture into this dangerous world yeah. of what porn is. And the idea is if, if you show someone the skeletons in your closet, they can't find them later, right? Yeah. yeah. And so this is similar to that in the sense that if you talk to kids in a healthy manner mm-hmm. about this on a level they understand they are less likely to seek it out themselves yeah right um and you know and just to promote like healthy sexual relationships which i believe you know as a christian that that is in a monogamous marriage right um but even you know in the culture today of you know, sleeping around the hookup culture, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, clearly has detrimental effects, and that's just a step above, if you will, porn, mm-hmm. right? Because it's not self-satisfaction. You are seeking other individuals. But like I was saying earlier with the whole rat study, mm-hmm. um, there, you know, obviously rats are not seeking monogamous relationships. <laughs> but humans are and should. And there's, you mm-hmm. know, frequently... Um, when you read studies of um, sexual satisfaction within marriage, it is always between monogamous couples who've been married for a long time, mm-hmm. you know, are the ones most satisfied, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot of dopamine um, there. Exactly. You know, and, you know, the rats are saying that, like, you know, the rat male gets bored with the female, right? But, you know, he, there's similarities and differences between rats and people, <laughs> yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. The brain essentially works the same way, right? So are you getting less dopamine from having sex with your wife. I do not believe so. No. Um, I really think if you you know, truly love that person, you want to spend time with them. Um, and love them in more than just... <laughs> sex is not just self-fulfilling. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, how do you help that dopamine release? Well, you know, if you get in the right headspace... Right. And again, I'm the only unmarried guy in the room. (laughs) You know, this is all based off of, you know, just, you know, research and studies. Um, But yeah, you know, so the hookup culture is not healthy for you sexually. Not to mention it just puts you at risk of STDs, right? Mm -hmm. Because the whole idea of like, oh, just wear a condom. No. Expanding that to the porn industry, Mm -hmm. uh, which I call it an industry because Mm -hmm. it was a $13 billion industry annually within the U.S. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's just the U.S. Just the U.S. Uh, Closer to the scale of, I think, $100 billion Mm -hmm. globally. Um, So again, it's an industry. The products being sold are the individuals. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the idea of, um, oh, well, they can use a condom. Only 17% of porn, um, I don't even know the term, porn people, what's, I don't, I don't know. Uh, porn stars? People yeah. in porn films. Yeah. Um, porn only stars. 17% yeah. used condoms. Mm-hmm. So that, and I think it was. Yes. Sorry. Uh, that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, like it was, a, it was a scary high percentage mm-hmm. of people 
in porn mm-hmm. that had an STD. Yeah. Uh, at the very least. And yeah. not to mention that um, there's a scary high percentage of guys and girls. I think it was, I want to say, 45% of women who watch porn think it's a realistic depiction of sex. And well, uh, 65 yeah. to 70 also uh, percent of men <clears throat> believe that porn is a realistic depiction of sex. Mm-hmm. Which is, it's not. not right? That's the no. big thing. Well, Again, it's you're getting such a dopamine release from viewing pornography because it's more than is attainable. Right? Yeah. Humans naturally in all things desire more than what they can achieve Uh right that's why we go for fast food yeah it's cheap but we have that rush of the msg and the flavor enhancers right (laughs) yeah that's not natural that's not how that should actually taste yeah right i think that's a good way uh so maybe if you are a parent of younger children guys or girls that might be a good way to begin the conversation of like hey what is this porn thing and of course there's probably the thought the scary thought in the back of your mind like oh no like what if they've never seen it mm-hmm. and like I say the the P word porn mm-hmm. and they go and search it out but I think if you have a conversation with them and tell them what it is it's much better for them to hear that it's not a good thing from you as their parent yeah. as opposed to finding it on the internet mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. accepting it as oh well it's on the internet it must be a good thing right um, and then you know also on a similar vein mm-hmm. Um, you know, people say that if someone is suicidal, you don't talk to them about suicide. No, you don't. No, you do. <laughs> you address um, because there is no correlation between talking about it and then it's like, oh, yeah. that gives me an idea. I should do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it, and it's the same with porn. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, if you talk about it, if you're open about it, I mean, there's all sorts of things that could go through your head. Imagine right now, <laughs> if your parents are just like, all right, son or daughter, let's talk about porn. You're gonna feel awkward, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You know, um, but you're also going to be more open to talk to your parents, right? The mm-hmm. nuclear family in America is dying, right? And so we mm-hmm. wonder why there's so much depravity. And it's because parents are not willing to raise their own kids, yeah. right? Yeah. And so kids, just because, you know, how the child's brain works is they're not meant to take care of themselves, yeah. right? Parents are supposed to raise kids, right? I'm all for independent expression with kids. I'm all for kids learning things that they like. But they have to be, you know, taught and inspired and encouraged by their parents, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so, just letting a child take care of themselves and only do whatever they want to do, mm-hmm. right? It's not good. It puts them in danger. We yeah. wouldn't let mm-hmm. a baby just wander around a room doing whatever they want, right? Mm-hmm. No, you got to watch them. You have to be there for them. You have to protect them from physical danger, right? Mm-hmm. And porn is no exception. You know, that's. You have to protect your kids yeah. from pornography yeah. because, you know, I said earlier at the very beginning of the episode, it is reversible, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You can overcome it as an adult. Mm-hmm. When you're a kid, it is infinitely harder to recover from mm-hmm. it because of the way the brains work, yeah. right? They say at 25 is when you really reach mental maturity. That's usually when mm-hmm. people are more set in their ways. You're developing until then. And so if you have it ingrained into your brain, that you know this is right yeah you know yeah. this is you know porn is the only way to go or porn is okay that's going to be ingrained in their head and it's going to be so much harder to handle mm-hmm. when they're older uh-huh. and i think it's also important too for us 
us as those talking to you listening, but also those listening, talking to others, is that if you are a parent and you are aware of the fact that your child has viewed porn or is viewing porn, that doesn't make you a failure. Correct. Because yeah. 82% of kids before the age of 16 have seen porn. Mm-hmm. That's five and six kids. Yeah. Oh, no, I lied. Six and seven kids. Six out of seven kids <laughs> um, have viewed porn. And that doesn't necessarily mean that it's your fault. Uh, now, if you showed them, that would be your fault. Yeah. But there's there's a difference. Uh, sure there's in, legal issues there, too. Yes, there yeah. are. <laughs> yeah. um, yeah. In identifying fault. And like Jackson was saying, is we typically take care of babies, making sure they're not yeah. um, in a dangerous position. Mm-hmm. Did I leave a knife on the table yesterday and Cora grab the handle of the knife and bring it to me yes <laughs> that does not mean I am a failure right um of raising this child I mean it, you raised in such a way to where she brought it to you yeah I mean so, she's doing I mean, great even little things like that like we you know we underplayed like oh you're so lucky she didn't do anything wrong but why would she bring it to you she knew what to do with it exactly right mm-hmm. and I also want to preface this this was not like a machete uh, right, right, right. This was like a butter knife. Right. <laughs> so right. that's uh, probably an important detail. <laughs> but still, you know, yeah, even butter knives. It's the idea behind the whole, it. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. The idea behind it. Yeah. Um, and you need to be there for your kids. Now, you mm-hmm. might be thinking as a parent, man, this is going to be so awkward. This is going to be so difficult. And my kid is not going to listen. Even if you have a moody teenager who, quote, air quotes, hates you right now yeah it is still so much better to sit down and talk to them even if it looks like they're not listening mm-hmm. because they are speaking from three previous teenagers yeah <laughs> yes yeah. you know i remember conversations that i'm pretty sure my parents thought i hated them for but they stick out you know they remember that goes with you because you are still learning right mm-hmm. at least until 25 and it's yeah. People in general are impressionable, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's, I saw, I actually saw a really cool video the other day of like these three, um, what's the word? Influencers, right? Yeah. Instagram influencers. Yeah. And this magician or whatever, you know, said like, how influenced do you guys think you are? And every one of them said like, oh, not very much. You know, we know the tricks. We know what to do to get people to watch what we want. So he gave them a bucket full of props and then like a whole house with like 10 plus rooms they could go through and said, take a bunch of pictures, you know, with these items, you know, in these different rooms. And then I want you, you know, to come back here once you take all the photos. Right. And they did. Right. Spent like 10 minutes doing that. And then when they all came back in the room, he said, all right, I want you guys go on your phone and privately select one photo that you think is the best one. All three of the influencers chose the same room, same item, and same basic stance. Hmm. And these are professional influencers, right? (laughs) Kids are even more so impressionable. And so now is the time to talk, even if you feel like they're not listening. You know, and you might be thinking, like, what if my kid acts out in spite of me? That may happen, right? But you're pretty much guaranteeing that they will be influenced by anything else they see if you do not say anything at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I say that as someone who frequently acts out of spite. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm a spite-driven individual, right, yeah. on so many levels. Yeah. But, you know, I do remember those conversations mm-hmm. that you know, my parents had with me, both when I was listening and when I didn't want to. Yeah. I remember them. 
Yeah. Right? Because there's a lot to be said. Like, just because... And if... If someone does still go through... Like, if you have a conversation about porn, and then they still do it at some point... At some point in their lives... And this goes for about all punishment. Mm-hmm. Is... I have a lot of times where, like, I did something, I got punished for it, mm-hmm. and then I did it later. Mm-hmm. But then, now, as a slightly more mature adult, <laughs> <laughs> I can still, I can look back mm-hmm. and re- and appreciate what my parents did. Yeah. Because they were trying to do, to lead me in a way that is right. Mm-hmm. And just because I didn't do it right then, I can look back now. Mm-hmm. As still a young adult, mm-hmm. and be like, "Oh, this makes sense. I can appreciate this." Yeah. So just because it's not in like, just because they're not, you know, oh, you have one conversation, yeah, and they never touch it, mm-hmm. doesn't like if they do still get into that one that's still on them. Every individual has to have yeah the internal. Mm-hmm. Make the internal decision mm-hmm. to do it. You can't yeah. actually change anyone else. Yeah, you're just trying to lay out mm-hmm. the facts of this is, and I think that's also important is to talk about it, but then also be very upfront why mm-hmm. this is a bad thing. Yeah. Because if it's just like, oh yeah, porn is bad, don't want to do it, you know, mm-hmm. it's just negative. But if you are able to also lay out why you think this is a bad thing and mm-hmm. here are reasons that it's a bad thing mm-hmm. and you would be better off not doing this stuff. Right. Even if they end up doing it later on, they can look back and be like, oh, they really did have mm-hmm. my best. And then from there, they can start a yeah. journey of actually improving yeah. themselves. Yeah. So I think that's a big... Yeah, a so big definitely, thing. and again, you're not going to get immediate gratification, <clears throat> but if there's anything yeah. we've learned in this episode <laughs> is that immediate gratification is yeah. universally bad. Yeah, yeah. Right? oh yeah, absolutely. You know, <laughs> yeah. Fast food, it's never good for you. They'll send <laughs> no. you salads, that's not healthy it's for not, you. It's not, it's iceberg lettuce, which is 90% water, yeah. <laughs> which water is good for you, but not when that's yes. all you're intaking. <laughs> yes, and then you top it off with ranch or any dressing that isn't just vinegar. Yeah, <laughs> high bad in fat, high in everything yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I know we're closing in uh, the 45 minute mark. Yeah. Um, so closing up here. Um, and this is something that is well beyond my expertise. Um, so I, I don't know mm-hmm. more about this. So it'll take more research. Or if you are an expert in this, um, Ashton Kutcher, if, you, if you're hearing this, come talk to us. Um, <laughs> yes. If you're looking for a reason why porn is bad, if at the end of the day, you're still on the fence after listening to this episode and you're like, you know, I don't know if, like, could go either way maybe porn maybe not porn is synonymous the porn industry is synonymous with sex trafficking yes um so at the end of the day porn videos and films are made at the expense of humans yeah uh and i think that regardless of what worldview or religion you may hold to or none at all you can still identify the fact that hey kidnapping people and forcing them into sex uh, is a bad thing. Yeah. Uh, and then if you can't agree with that, there are maybe some other conversations we should have. <laughs> yeah. uh, but yeah. I- at least starting there, mm-hmm. um, maybe talking to people and you don't know much about why you should say porn is bad. Um, sex trafficking, that yeah. is that one. Yeah. So actually, um, 
Uh, so these <laughs> websites are not sponsors for us, but I'm going to advertise for them for free anyway. <laughs> like I said at the beginning of the episode, Fight the New Drug has all these different you know bits of information. And then Your Brain on Porn, I believe is the name of the other website. That sounds um, great. If not, mm-hmm. I'll double check and yeah. put it in the link below. Um, but they have all sorts of uh, you know studies to talk about and everything that's wrong. Sex trafficking being a huge one. And sex trafficking, if, if you're wondering like... What is the scope of sex trafficking like? You know, what constitutes sex trafficking? It can be anything from being kidnapped, drugged, and thrown into a bedroom saying, you will look like you're enjoying this. We will record it, and we're going to put it online. Anything from as extreme as that um, to just being coerced into sex acts, even if money is given, right? Mm-hmm. Um you know, one article was talking about, um, as far as the legal system goes, um, if you are given the option to consent yes or no to the sex act, it only matters if the no can be valid, mm-hmm. right? As in, like, you know, if there's someone off camera who, again, worst case scenario, is holding you at gunpoint saying, do you consent to this, <laughs> yeah. you know? Um, but even if there's manipulation involved... Um, that is sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are children mm-hmm. um, who are being trafficked sexually. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, there's one thing that they say on Fight the New Drug, that is people are not commodities. Nope. Yep. You can't purchase people nope. right, yeah. under any circumstance. That's slavery. That, that is, is slavery. Bad. Right? You know, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's always wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I, that's what I appreciate about Fight the New Drug, like I said at the beginning, is that they do not do this from a moral standpoint. It's purely scientific. Um, but I would say that at some point you do have to bring morality into it mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. what it causes and what happens, yeah. yep. you know. Um, yeah. And so <laughs> this is something that honestly, like I know we're at the 47 minute mark. I could talk about it forever just because, mm-hmm. like like I said, when I was doing research, it was infuriating. There's a lot. So much but I think today, this is where we'll stop. We may do future episodes on, like, more specialized mm-hmm. ideas, you know, like more specific instances. Um, but I think for today, this is where we're going to wrap up. So thanks again for tuning in. Thanks for listening. And, you know, please um, like it, share it, comment below, tell us what you enjoy. And we look forward to seeing your comments and your responses. Um, Yeah, tune in next time on Overcomplicated.